Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hour two of the Kinner and Schlemmer Show. We're off and rolling. How are you? Happy Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. And Again, off and rolling here as we t- tip off the week. Again, a lot of basketball that we're going to be discussing throughout the week. Right State in action tonight. The Flyers will be back in action later on this week. Selection Sunday uh, will close this out. And hopefully we're talking about not just the Flyers in the NCAA tournament, but the Wright State Raiders back in the NCAA tournament for the second time in the last three years. Again, the job that Coach Scott Nagy has done of turning this program around, of going from a program that you just hope kind of, gets hot at the right time and catches fire in the conference tournament to now having expectations of not just winning the regular season but winning the conference tournament and representing the conference uh, as the face of the uh, of the conference in the NCAA tournament. Um, getting to the NIT last year for the very first time in program history, going up against Clemson and former head coach uh, of, you know, of Wright State head-to-head. I mean, how cool was that? The program is rolling right now, and they look to continue rolling here later on tonight as they have the UIC Flames on ESPNU. The voice of the Wright State Raiders, Chris Collins, he joins us now. Chris, welcome in. How are you? I'm very good, Justin. Uh, we're just a few hours away from uh, tip-off tonight at the uh, Farmers Col- the Indiana Farmers Coliseum. And again, Chris joining us from Indianapolis. Again, uh, the new host site for the Horizon League Conference Championships the last couple of years, last I mean, more than that, I think the last four or five years have been held in Detroit, Motor City Madness, transitioning to Indianapolis. Indianapolis, a great college basketball, a great basketball city as well. Uh, it's a great host site for this, and I'm looking forward to watching the Raiders tonight. Uh, definitely, and uh, let's you know. Let's talk a little bit about the matchup, Justin. Uh, you know, people ask. They said, "Well, both of these teams, you know, they played. Uh, you know, they won at home uh, against each other this year. Uh, the Raiders' double-digit win over the Flames, a close loss by four points at UIC earlier this season. But before that, UIC had won three consecutive games over Wright State. Now, the overwhelming question that we hear all the time now is that you know the Raiders have only played what one game over the two games over the last sixteen days and haven't played since uh, beating NKU on the road. Uh, but, you know, I've been talking to a lot of the people uh, with the program, and they said, listen, if you were to ask that question to uh, the coaches at Green Bay and also the coaches at UIC, what do you think they'd rather be right now? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they would like a, a couple days off, too, just to get healthy, get your legs back, exactly, and get prepared. Exactly, with a double, double buy. So, you know, that pretty much puts that to rest. It's just going to get down to, you know, who wants it more. And this time of year, I don't have to tell you guys, uh, you know, the adrenaline flows a little more because, you know, there is more at stake. You know, there's a little more sense of urgency. You know, the, Ra- the Raiders had that when they played at Northern Kentucky because they wanted to get that first, you know, uh, outright Horizon League regular season title. And now, believe me, they're hungry now. They know what they have to do. And the focus right now is UIC. And then they'll, they'll work on who they play tomorrow. You know, it's interesting, and, and different coaches, coaches, I'm sorry, that I've spoke to about different, you know, conference tournament formats, uh, a lot of them have the one seed in the double bye. I mean, that's common. It's not, you know, just the horizon at this point, but a lot of coaches that you talk to will give you different perspectives on it. I think a team like Coach Nagy's, who is, it's a veteran-led squad, who's been there before, who knows how difficult it is, who's been through the journey before. I don't think he's as worried about it for his team right now because the guys have done it before, but the coaches of teams who have young guys who have 
not done it before. Those are the coaches that I've spoken to that have said that's why they would you know like to be playing right off the bat to get that experience playing in that win or go home type atmosphere. So it's all in the the type of team you have and the type of coach you have as well. You know, you're exactly right. I, I agree with that, Justin, because uh, there are some experienced players, fifth-year seniors. Of course, Loudon Love is a fourth-year junior on this team, and and they felt they felt the low last year when they lost to Northern Kentucky in the finals after winning the year before in the Horizon League championship over Cleveland State. So they were at the high and they were at the low. And believe me, they want that high again. And to get there, it starts tonight against UIC. And if they can hopefully get a win, they would move on to tomorrow night against either Northern Kentucky or Green Bay. Yeah, you mentioned you know splitting with UIC earlier in this, throughout the season. This is a team that, I mean, when you look at the Coach Nagy era, for whatever reason, they've done, Wright State's dominated against all the top teams in the conference, and UIC's no slouch. But what is it about UIC that just seems to, to get a Coach Nagy-led team more times than not? Again, they, Wright State got the most recent one and did it in, in impressive fashion, but there is just something about this program. Every team has that one program that's always a thorn in their side. That's the Flames for Wright State, so you look at that running into them right off the bat. But what is it about that team, Chris, that in, in all the years that you've watched this team, that that program just seems to give them fits? Well, over the last four years, it's uh, I think a lot of it's due to the, the cohesiveness they've had, especially with three to four players on this team who have been there that long. They're, they've got four or five seniors on this team, and let's face it, they don't want to end up their season tonight. But I think aggressiveness comes into play and athleticism. UIC is one of the more athletic teams in the league. And in that first game up at uh, Chicago this year, uh, Loudon Love and Tanner Holden got some early fouls, and they had to sit out a lot in that first half. And the Raiders, quite honest with you, uh, Coach Nagy told us at the end of the game, he says, we were just not physical enough for them. He goes, they just beat us up physically. Uh, the Raiders made a, a mad dash at the end and uh, got it close, an opportunity to tie it. But then the Flames hit a couple free throws, and they came away with a four-point win. So, you know, physicality tonight. You know, Coach Nagy's talked about it all year. It's about defense and about rebounding, and that comes with being more physical. And that's what you got to see tonight if the Raiders are going to knock off the Flames. Cole Gentry, uh, point guard for the Raiders, of course, said, talking with him in weeks past, too, the last time they played UIC, he's a player, I mean, again, the guy that has the ball in his hands the majority of the time, he really struggles against this team, I mean, and he always says that they were very good at just putting a lot of much larger sized defenders on and really taking him out, he said that's the one team that gives him the most fits, too, so it's like, when you make Cole Gentry uncomfortable, not loud and love, but you make Cole Gentry uncomfortable, that's what also slows down the dynamic of the offense, too, for Wright State. No question, uh, Justin, and uh, they have some very quick athletic guards. Tarkus Ferguson, who uh, has height, you know, he's a 6'3", 6'4", guard, you know, and uh, he's an all-league player. Marcus Adi was on the all-defensive team, and and they get right up on you, and they follow him around, and it makes it very difficult. But uh, back home, the Raiders were able to, uh, you know, free him up a little bit, and uh, they were shooting the ball well from three, and they got uh, Bill Wampler, who's always a key to the Raiders' offense. You know, if Bill was hitting a three-point shot, Loudon's getting the ball inside out of foul trouble, and Tanner Holden's cutting to the basket. You know, things are going to open up. If this team defends and they rebound, they should come away with a win tonight. Chris Collins, voice of the Wright State Raiders. Again, Wright State in action tonight. Uh, Horizon League conference cha- or conference tournament action against the UIC Flames. Semifinal action. Raiders the one seed, getting the double round by. Haven't played since not this past Friday, but the Friday before that on ESPNU against Northern Kentucky, getting that huge win on the road at NKU and senior night for them. There's so many elements that could have led to a Raider loss, uh, and the Raiders came out on top. That's one thing I've loved about the Coach Nagy led teams too, Chris. Is we've seen in, in, in 
years past before Coach Nagy, and this isn't directed at, at, at the particular coach and Billy Donovan who was there before, but they would play in big games. They would get you know those big opportunities, and they always seem to stub their toe. Since Coach Nagy's taken over, it's been amazing watching them. They just they always seem to pummel over every big game that they get in front of them, including most recently against Northern Kentucky. Well, Justin, I was looking early this morning. Uh, Wright State basketball since 2012 has been to five, count them, five Horizon League championship games. And two years ago, they took home the prize, and before that was 06-07. So there were losses at Valparaiso. There was a loss to, uh, of course, Green Bay in Detroit in the first year. It was held in the Motor City Madness. And, of course, uh, the loss coming at home till Milwaukee. And, of course, they lost last year to Northern Kentucky, but they beat Cleveland State the year before that. So, you know, they've been there. You know, they get real close. You know, and, uh, of course, those other ones have been, you know, passed with not the same players on this team. But I think they know how important it is to win, and they're focused on this game only tonight. It's just a matter of are they going to make some shots tonight, defend and rebounding. I know I keep emphasizing that, Justin, but it gets down to the basics because I think they'll be focused. They're not going to take UIC for granted at all because that's the team that beat them three straight times before they beat them at home just a few weeks ago. Little Caesars Arena for Motor City Madness in years past was always cool. I mean, it started Joe Lewis Arena for Motor City Madness, then transitioned into the new arena in Little Caesars. Uh, really cool NBA-type arenas, really big arenas for a conference that doesn't draw well. But they did draw, you know, four or 5,000 fans. But in an NBA arena, that doesn't look that good. In a much smaller venue like this, a more intimate venue uh, for, of course, Indiana Farmers Coliseum, What's the scene like there? Have you had a chance to kind of roam uh, the arena, which I know you have because you've called games there before, but what's right. the scene like? The, the floor right now, they laid down the Horizon League Championship floor. What's the setting like there right now? Well, it looks nice. You know, and uh, I, I understand that there are going to be uh, quite a few Wright State fans coming over. It's my understanding now that uh, talking to Sports Information that uh, two sections uh, behind the bench have been sold uh, for Wright State fans that have been sold out, and they're uh, being encouraged that they're going to come uh, tonight uh, to uh, get into a section across from the bench. So there should be support here. Now, when we come here before, IUPUI has not drawn very well at all. I mean, they're very fortunate to get eight or 900 people in here. So it's going to be a different atmosphere in this building tonight. And, Justin, something to think about. When, you know, the tournament was held, you know, at neutral sites, like you mentioned, at Little Caesars Arena, you know, there, if you have a bye, you haven't been on the floor yet, and some upsets can happen because the quarterfinals are played there. They changed that format this year where the first two rounds, you know, were played on the, you know, the highest seed home floor. So really, when you see the final four here tonight, it's the first time all four of these teams will come onto this floor. So, you know, they're looking for, you know, having no team to look for any advantage right there. So it's going to be interesting to see how things play out. Absolutely. Again, Wright State UIC tonight, the first game uh, at 7 o'clock. I mean, usually, Chris, you see the one seed play the second game. What are the advantages to having the first game? Because some people say there are a lot of advantages to having the first game, too, just that little extra amount of time uh, to rest and scout the opponent. Well, it didn't help last year. I was going to uh, say. Because they, <laughs> they played the first year. And, but, but Northern Kentucky, you know, they hit that shot from Drew McDonald late in the game. and It's difficult to overcome. They had so much momentum you know, coming into that uh, championship game the next night. You know, as we arrived for the game, you know, I could hear, you could see they were ready to play. The Raiders were ready to play, too, but NKU uh, hit a lot of shots early in that game, and that's important when you get into situations like this, you know, is making shots early, you know, and, and carrying that momentum, you know, into the game. So 
I don't. I, I think both of these teams will be ready to play tonight. We're looking for an exciting game. Last thing, Chris. Again, Chris Collins, voice of the Wright State Raiders, calls the games with Jim Brown on Big 106.5 throughout the year. I know the game's on ESPNU tonight, but that's where you can also hear the local feed. Uh, if you can't be around the television, of course, to pick up the local feed here in town, uh, listen to Chris and Coach Brown. Uh, but one thing we haven't touched on, as I send you out here, I can't believe we haven't even brought this up yet, but Loud and Love. You talked about Drew McDonald last year's Horizon League Player of the Year for Northern Kentucky. Loud and Love this year's Horizon League Player of the Year. Coming in, it was uh, the, the kid from Detroit, uh, Mike Davis' son, and Antoine Davis, and of course the third leading scorer in the country throughout the year. I just thought that, hey, the leading scorer in the conference always seems to get a little bit of that love, and I just thought that's where it was going. Well, he didn't get the love, but love got the love. Loud and love, player of the year. Uh, I was, when I talked to Coach Negular in the week, I didn't mean to sound like, oh, I was surprised he won it, but I was kind of surprised that momentum shifted his way. Loudon's numbers haven't gotten better this year, that he's just as dominant this year as last year. So that's why I, met, I was a little surprised that he's just as good now as he was a year ago. He's just more dominant uh, when he's out on the floor. But congratulations to him. And then Coach Negi, of course, coming away with Coach of the Year for the third straight year, sharing that with uh, Dennis Gates out of Cleveland State. But, man, right they, they cleaned house in the postseason awards. Yeah, uh, and much deserved also. I'm glad to see the league went back to having three teams because it allowed Cole Gentry, you know, to get on that team. And I think uh, he deserves that for all that he has given to Wright State, you know, uh, in the two and a half years that he's played here uh, for the Raiders. But, you know, getting back to Loud and Love, and you probably heard from Coach Nagy because he has told me this. He said, listen, you know, yeah, the numbers you can see, you expect him to get a double-double every night. You know, the percentages down a little bit field goal-wise or whatever. But here's the big number, and he's pointed this out, and even at his uh, radio coaches shows. Look at what the Raiders are shooting, especially in league games beyond the three-point line. Forty percent, and he credits that because of the threat inside from Loud and Love. And other coaches, the other teams see that, the media sees that, and that's why you know Loud and Love is so important. It's that one player that makes everybody better, and I think everybody knows that, and that's why he came away with the award. All right, what's your, what's your thought process on splitting the Coach of the Year award? Uh, I understand why Cleveland State's Dennis Gates got it, but, I mean, there a lot of people poking at the 11-win coach getting Coach of the Year. It wasn't about the wins and the losses. It was the way he handled that program and turned it around just from a, you, you know, a personnel standpoint and, and just the, the feel of the program. Um, but regardless, Coach Negan coming away with the third straight Coach of the Year as well. Justin, I'll tell you this. You know, and I'm not trying to skirt, you know, the subject. I mean, I'm, Coach Nagy definitely deserves it again for, you know, all the expectations coming into the season. You know, but when you get down to these postseason awards, you know, you have a lot of people voting. Some coaches vote or they have some of their assistants vote for them. So, uh, you know what it's like in politics. You know, some, what, is, what is the criteria used for Coach of the Year? Is there one? Maybe everybody has a different, has a different uh, idea, description of what that coach of the year should be. Half the time, so it turns into like a story, like a great, like what was the what was a what was a good story? A con, you know, a guy a guy we weren't yeah. expecting to win. That's why they, I feel like Dennis yeah. Gates got into the conversation. It, it, exactly, you know, and some people maybe that's what they think should be a coach of the year. Some people think automatically it's the guy who finished in first place, you know, and who had the most wins. You know, so the criteria is different. People perceive it differently. You know, and you know, Coach Nagy, you know how he is. He's very humble about it. He's thankful that, you know, that uh, he's co-coach of the year, and he gives all the credit to his assistants because they do all the work, he says. You know, but uh, look at his record. I mean, there's a reason why he is able to train his assistants, develop them, develop their players, and I think he's definitely worthy of the coach of the year again. And, you know, Dennis Gates, you know, if you look at it from that perspective, you know, look what he came into. It was a mess up there at Cleveland State. You know, he changed the culture. He didn't have a lot of talent on that team. He had 11 new players. 
So if you say, well, he was able to do that and get seven wins in the league, well, some people might think that he's coach of the year. But then again, it gets down to how you perceive it, and everybody's different when they perceive uh, who the coach of the year would be. All right, Chris. Uh, Chris Collins, voice of the Wright State Raiders. Chris Collins, Jim Brown tonight will be on the radio call. Big one of six five. Make sure you tune into that if you aren't around the TV for ESPNU, of course. Uh, but it's, it's a special time right now. Basketball in this city is just through the roof. Uh, over 50-plus wins combined between both teams in this city right now. I mean, if you're a college basketball fan and you've been bored this year, there's no helping you. I mean, <laughs> there's no helping you, that's for sure. Well, they talk about the hoopla coming to town. You can put all that in uh, capital letters this year. Hoopla, uh, it's Dayton, Ohio. You know, congratulations to the Flyers, uh, the UD Flyers, for the tremendous season, you know, that they have had to this point. They go into the A-10 tournament later on this week. I think the one seed they got, they play on Friday, you know, but uh, the focus now is let's get these Raiders a win tonight. And then uh, tomorrow night, Justin, hope to see you tomorrow night here in Indianapolis. Uh, for the championship game, and uh, maybe the Raiders can punch their ticket. It's going to be difficult, but uh, let's hope they do and uh, come away with a win tonight and tomorrow. All right, sounds like a plan. Chris, thanks so much for your time, and uh, I'll hopefully see you tomorrow, as you mentioned. Take care.